I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. What's up, guys? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of Curious Conversations. So today we sat down with our dear friend, Laura DeWitt, and she is a model. And an influencer? I don't know. I feel like models are influencers, right? I don't know. She's very attractive, though. She's hot. So Laura, aka Hottie, we sat down with Laura. We spoke all about the modeling industry, um, bullying. What else we spoke about? Social media, mental health. I don't know, but she's 23 years old and honestly, her she dropped some wisdom bangers on us. 100%. Laura's one of those girls that always surprises me and honestly, I feel like she's an old soul. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Enjoy the episode and don't forget to like, subscribe and share with all your friends. Ciao. Happy Wednesday, guys. What's up, guys? Happy Wednesday. We've got another episode of Curious Conversations. And today, I I know I say this every time, but I'm bloody excited. Drum roll. We have have one of our dear friends, Laura. Hi. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am grinning from ear to ear. I'm so happy to be joining you both today. Good. I'm glad. (laughs) I meant to say, Sarah, how are you? I'm really well. Look. Um, I'm seeing Laura enjoying her freedom up in Sydney and that makes me happy whilst we're in lockdown. I have to say, I'm going to say this once, but and Laura knows this, I did mute Laura for a good hot fucking minute because she's up in Sydney enjoying life and we're locked down here and I'm going to say you have looked like you have a very fun life at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a combination of the weather getting warmer birthday celebrations and just obviously having less restrictions than you guys I yeah I do feel you know uneasy knowing that I am having a really good time and you guys aren't unfortunately um I think it's just purely luck that I got to Sydney um before you guys but I know. yeah life is good <laughs> sorry Laura for everyone who doesn't know you who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? Give us a little spiel. Um, my name is Laura DeWitt. I am 23. I was originally born in Adelaide, South Australia. Um, at the age of 17, I landed my first major international modelling campaign for a fragrance brand. Um, I was then flown to LA and that's kind of where my journey began as um, a model. Um First and foremost, a model, because when I started modeling full-time, there was no such thing as being an influencer. And I guess as time has kind of progressed and the industry has progressed, modeling and influencing somehow or, for you know, to some degree goes hand in hand. Not everyone does, but for the most part. Um, so I guess I am a modeler, modeler, modeler. <laughs> influencer slash a uh, bit of a goose slash think she's pretty funny um so I'll put it a comedian as well um yeah um but for the uh, yeah but for the most part I am Laura and yeah I could have to add also to that you're a bloody good friend as well so let's Thank add that. You. So what, uh, bless yourself. Uh, but what age were you when you actually started modeling so I was scouted at the age of 13 it was at um a West, I was at um, a Westfield and a lady came up to me. She was a model scout. She said, hi, honey, in the next few weeks, we're going to be having a modelling competition here. The prize winner gets signed to IMG and gets a free trip to New York. We'd love you to sign up. And I was obviously like, oh, my gosh, this is my dream. I've been wanting to get into modelling for a really long time, but my parents are super against it. I think they just had an expectation of how my kind of teenage years and adult years would turn out um but once I got into it and they saw the opportunities that I was given they obviously relaxed into it more but for the most part they were extremely supportive um you know before I 
became a model full time. I kind of tried every sport under the sun. I've done figure skating. I've state netballer. I was I was a high jumper. I actually did archery for a while. Um, yeah. So my parents, whatever my passion was, they kind of um, yeah definitely encouraged me. But then they allowed me to do part-time high school, part-time modelling throughout. I was doing, you know, the Melbourne Fashion Weeks through year 10 and 11. And then at the uh, middle of year 12, or sorry, the end of year 11 um, is when I was flown over to do that fragrance campaign. Um, I had just turned 17. And then at, uh, two weeks after graduating high school, I actually moved to America where I now call home. Um, obviously, Corona has been in Australia, but for the most part, Los Angeles is now home. I have a question. I actually never knew that you landed a fragrance campaign. What was it and who was it for? So you can actually scroll back if you really wanted to and had enough time to my Instagram. And a woman by the name of Kimberly Gordon, she was the creative director of Wild Fox Couture, she um, found my profile because at the time I was signed with IMG. She found my Instagram profile through IMG and she commented on a photo and the comment is still there. Hi, Laura, we're uh, we're contacting you today from the U.S., We'd love to fly you out for a shoot next week. Um, I didn't think it was legit. I took a screenshot, sent it to my agent. I had probably 100 followers. I never posted my photo shoots. And the next week, I, it was a $30,000 campaign. Um, I was 17. Blew all my money straight away, as you do with 17. <laughs> they, I was so young that they flew my mum out as well. Um, we had to, I don't know if this is, I hope no one really hears this and I get in trouble, but we told border security that we were there for my mum's birthday because I didn't have a working visa. And, um, yeah, we extended our trip for two weeks and that's kind of how I fell in love with LA, so to speak. Um, had my first job there and, you know, it was for Wild Fox. And, you know, later on that year, that photo was put on a billboard on Sunset Boulevard and there was a little Laura and, you know, the shoot was for three days and they had, and you just don't have shoots like this anymore. I remember there was a food truck. Oh, wow. Um, at the shoots and, you know, they served us breakfast, lunch and dinner and afternoon snacks and, you know, there was someone there literally just painting my nails and there was that someone there to hold up something and there was someone there to assist the assistant of the assistant. And it was like a movie production or so, and it was so kind of almost, it was almost a negative because then I came back to Australia and was doing, you know, e-com for wearing 70 outfits being like, wait, <laughs> I'm supposed to be the star of the show. Why, you know, why am I wearing these 70 outfits and where, where is my food? And no, no, I was never a diva. But yeah, my first major photo shoot was this $30,000 production. Um, and I worked with another two models who since went on to both being Victoria's Secret models. So, oh, wow. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, so um, her, her name was Frida Asen and Zendenya, I couldn't say her last name, she's a Russian model. Um, that's, yeah. That's crazy. I actually didn't know that full story either. Like that must have boosted your confidence, like having someone, de- wait, because there was no DMs back then. Is that why she commented on your photo? Yeah, no DMs. Yeah, and then she got in contact and gave her my agent's email. Oh, my God, that's crazy. So, and I, and I remember Googling Los Angeles because the only thing I knew, because back then, you know, this was 2015, I think, 2016, you know, the mecca of modelling was Paris and New York. Yeah. There was never an option to go to Los Angeles. And I remember the only reference I had of Los Angeles was, um, 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 what's it called, Grand Theft Auto. Oh, really? <laughs> oh my so God. So I remember thinking, like, I'm going to the most crazy place. Like, I didn't even associate it with, you know, what it is now. And I... You know, without sounding silly, but I didn't know any other model that went to LA. It was yeah. Paris or New York. Like it was weird, you know, and I would like, not that I would think I was the first or like one of the first, but it, I didn't know any other models. Like none of the Australian models that, you know, I idolised, they didn't go to LA. So it was quite funny for me to go there, I think, yeah. at that time. Um, that was, you know, five, six years ago. When I first moved, it was cool. You know, I was a bit of like a, you know, token of the Aussie model, and now it's just every second or third is Australian. Yeah. Which I say, you know, if, you know, if you can get over there, why not? It's an yeah. incredible place. But definitely back then, it was rare to meet another Australian model. You talk about models that you looked up to when you were younger. Who would you look up to when you were younger? Hmm. Our generation oh. was so different. Like we yeah. had Al, we had Cindy, Al Ferguson, Cindy Crawford, oh, like Al Rosie Hutchinson, Al Mc. Al McPherson, not Ferguson. You're thinking of the tantric. I meant to say Al McPherson, but oh my God, I did too. My bad. What a plug. Um, No, I did. No, okay. I love her. She's hot. You kind of remind me. 
Who did you say? Yeah, well, that was Rosie, Rosie Huntington, Whitley, she, Whiteley. She, um, I think she's the most chic. And I did. I, I loved her because she was blonde and had big yeah. lips. And she's beautiful. I saw she, she was who I wanted to be. She was like, you know, that's the woman I wanted to turn into. And that was, you know, um, peak Victoria's Secret shows. And it was like Cara Delevingne. You know, yes. she was really cool. She was that badass, like, you know, model that broke a lot of the stigmas of what a model should be. She was just kind of cool. Um, yeah, so definitely those two, like Adrena Lima, like it was those beautiful women back then. And then, you know, but these days it's, it, it definitely has changed. Or like, I don't, I don't know. I think I always have too much of an insight of the industry to now idolise yeah. models. I think I now idolise people. Um, but yep. back then... Yeah, I loved a Victoria's Secret model. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love. I, I would stream. I would sit on YouTube and I just like rewatch the catwalk because I loved it. That's cute. Yeah. I want to pick your brain when you say now that you you're in the industry and you have a better insight. You don't really look up to models. I want to know that insight of why you don't look up to models anymore. Um, yeah, I guess. I, and I guess this whole conversation is about you know the experience and the raw. And I guess I'm always careful about what I say because I'd never want to you know slip up but in all honesty I think I've met women who I saw on social media as being you know the the dream life the dream lifestyle the dream career and I met them and they weren't who I expected them to be whether it be kindness or security within themselves you know for me the epitome of like a a mentor or someone I want to look up to is like I want them to love themselves. I want them to yeah. be so sure of themselves. I want them to ooze confidence. And when you ooze confidence on social media or like on a photo shoot, but you meet them and they're not kind and they're not, you know, they're not someone that you, they're too busy just sitting on their phones or scrolling or whatnot. Like I don't see that as someone who I would want to look up to anymore. I think yeah. someone who would want to look up to is someone that like, no matter who it is, like, they say thank you. Like in in a photo shoot, I've worked with you know all these different models, and these models that are a lot more experienced than me and have done a lot bigger things. And I'm always in awe when it's the girls that just sit there and chat with everyone and make me feel comfortable. You know, like often at photo shoots, like girls can see the other model as competition, or you know, they'll suddenly like find out their name, just sit and look at their Instagram to see oh, who am I working with? Am I above them or below them? And for me, like I just I love chatting to everyone and getting like yeah and not having that preconceived idea of yeah. what their social media is like and who they are um so yeah my insight would definitely be just uh, after living in LA and, and meeting celebrities it's just you know like just keep it real yeah. you know I like keeping that. it real I like that and I, I, I yeah I, I'm I'm you know can't you know people say like you know my, my social media is often a highlight reel I try to keep it real but at the end of the day, you know, we're all at the end of the day um, guilty of doing that at some point. Yeah. Do you feel pressure to look a certain way in the industry? Yeah, for sure. My gosh, I've never been 100% comfortable with my body. And I know yep. that and I'm I'm okay to say that. Um, I've peaked and slowed. I've gone through dress sizes. I've got been underweight. I've been slightly overweight for what it is, you know, the sample size model. Um I, both my parents were athletes. I have a very strong looking body. And even though I could miss it, like, you know, I, I blame that. Or she never said blame that. I, I embrace that mm-hmm. is the best word to use. Um, I know that my body, I, I wasn't anyone that, yeah, I was never naturally lanky. I was never, you know, you talk about those girls and they're like, I didn't like my body because I didn't have a butt or a boobs. Like yeah. I've had an ass my entire life. Like I've got an ass. Yeah. And she's there and she's not going down. And, you know, um, it was really difficult being told. I think the the youngest I was told to lose weight was 15. And I was given this diet, a protein diet, and it was like tuna salad for snacks. It was like turkey protein muffins. And I remember it was like like, turkey mints, egg whites, and chia seeds. Oh, my God, revolting. I can't remember. And I remember I did this diet. And I remember being at high school and all my girlfriends were eating, like, we had a girlfriend, she worked at Baker's Delight, so she would bring in, like, finger bars, <laughs> Vegemite scrolls, and I would sit there with my turkey muffin being like, this is ridiculous. And it's just so interesting. I wish I could give that version of Laura a hug. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. that's cute. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. now you're older and wiser, if a model agency turned around and told you to drop some weight, what would you say? Like, right now. Shove it up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> you money, if I wasn't making money, you know, and I wasn't working, 
I would say to them, okay, let, let's discuss this. Like, where are your goals? Who are you? What type of clients are requesting that I lose weight? Like, are they aligned with who I, who I want to work for? Mm-hmm. Um, I like my body. I have clients that like my body also. And if my agency would be like, hey, Laura, like, this is a goal. We think you should work for this. We think it would, you know, help you be more successful. Um, I would then, you know, come to an agreement, like, if we can do this in a positive, healthy way. Mm. Um, for sure. But I don't think I would, like, it, if they turned around today and said you need to lose weight, I'd be like on what grounds, you know, like mm. um, I don't, I, I've, I've struggled with that for many, many years and I think I'm just now at a point at 23 where my life is sustainable as a model because mm. I have a sustainable lifestyle. I love food. Um, anyone that knows me on social media knows that you'll see a glass of wine in my hand at least every second day. Like I love people, I love socialising and I don't think I'd ever jeopardise the love that I have for life and my friends and family than losing weight to get a job that may not even serve me mm. happiness in the long run. Um, yeah. yeah. Are they still telling people to lose weight even though it's such a big thing now to have every body shape and size represented? Like that blows my mind. Yeah. 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 They do. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I mean, I, I'm very lucky to have agents that kind of are at the stage with me now. Like I think that's pushed when you're younger mm. and I think it's pushed when, you know, you're trying to set the standard for how a model should live her life. So when she is, you know, 21, 22, coming into her women, like mm. her figure and she's coming into her hips. Because don't forget, when you're a model and you start at four, like 15, 15, 17, which, you know, it's not uncommon, to start, you know, you do your test shoots and you do your things here and there. You don't necessarily full-time. But when I started at, you know, full-time 17, you you are prepubescent. And so, you know, they, they set the standard when you're younger. So when you are growing into your body and you develop these curves, that you maintain the weight of a prepubescent girl, which is obviously extremely difficult. However, there has been a shift I won't deny that there's been a shift. The shift, though, has been more of that, like, ethnic shift, yeah. which I fucking adore and love. And I'm like, hell yeah, um, let's embrace everyone. every beauty, everyone, you know. Um, but I think there's still an underlying pressure for, you know, there's a deep-seated issue of seeing beauty as skinny. And yeah. it's a shame. It's a shame, but that's a deep-seated issue that the industry is constantly fighting, I yeah. think. There's brands that are raising their voice and being like, we will not hire someone with a BMI, you know, lower than, but then there are brands that embrace it. Mm. Um, so I'm just fortunate to be in a position where in Australia and most of my clients in Australia, uh, in Los Angeles where they do embrace a healthier yeah. Woman. You know, I won't say girl, I'll say woman because we're, we're women, you know. Yeah. Have you ever been bullied in the workplace? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> um, I did have an agency that were not very kind to me. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's, I, I've, had, I've, had, I've had great agents and then I've had agents that weren't so kind to me. Um, and yeah, it, I had very, very bad acne for a while, and they'd just kind of turn around and be like, "Fix it. We're not going to tell you how. We're not going to put you up for work. Just fix it." Yeah. And you know, at, at a time when my self-esteem was low and I was financially struggling, it wasn't. They didn't offer me support. It was just go away and fix it. Mm. No recommendations. Just maybe drink more water and I had a deep seated, I mean, I had a, I had cystic acne, hormonal cystic acne as any, you know, 19, 20 year old girl usually does experience. And I, it wasn't necessarily bullying. However, it was a lack of support when you're in a position of a, of a guidance. And as a, as an agent, you know, you are taking on the emotions, the physical and emotional you know, needs of a young woman and when you're leaving her in the dark to fix a problem and not giving her the reassurance she needs, that is some 
way of yeah bullying I think yeah yeah the lack of care and support because you kind of think of agents as like yeah mothering and like want to have the best for you so that sucks especially being 17 you go over there your mum's here who helps you and guides you over there that's supposed to be your agents right yeah for sure when you go so young when you're 17 that's Mm. um yeah but they would yeah I think agents love when you have a boyfriend because they're like, okay, cool. Like, you yeah, want to yeah. uh, And then that's, you know, um, but, yeah, I went over there and I, and I did have a boyfriend. He was older than me. And honestly, if I'm, yeah, I think one of the reasons we didn't work out is because there was a blurred line between him being a father and me being a young girl moving to a new True. country. And, and he's incredible, but there's some point where it wasn't fair on him that he was, you know, dating a young girl who just moved overseas and he was teaching me so much. Because I had no one over there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. What are three assumptions people have about the modelling industry or the modelling world? Um, I don't um, I would think that it's not. that People are like, oh, like it's a very glamorous job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't get me wrong, I've had some incredible opportunities. But I worked for a very, very big name once I was flown over to Italy to do, well, I could say it. it wasn't drop it. Long. I was going to say drop it. Drop it. I, I, <laughs> I did a campaign for Urban Outfitters and it was one of the coolest jobs I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Now, I flew from LA by myself. I flew, if I get this right, Los Angeles, London, London, Dublin, Dublin, into Rome, Rome, into Sicily. Oh, my gosh. No. I got in at like 2 a.m. and then I was got up, had to shoot at 7 a.m. Oh, uh, my gosh. Swimwear all day. And anyone that's taking a long haul flights know that you're just like. Loaded. Bleh. Yeah. And then I flew out the next morning. I think the, the car organised at 4 a.m. and I <gasps> repeated it. And I remember I nearly missed my flight, my Heathrow flight. So Heathrow to L.A., and I just remember tears crying and just oh. running down the tarmac being like, where did <laughs> And I had just like not slept for like 38 hours and the photos came out and I was like, you know, pressing on social media, like, oh, like so excited to release this shoot. Like, woo, yeah. it is. Like, yes, love this shoot, dream job. I was miserable. I was oh. so excited. I was exhausted. And like, don't get me wrong, coolest opportunity ever. Loved the images, but at the time I was exhausted and yeah. I just like cried and cried because I was just was so tired. There's, yeah. There was more exhaustion. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a long flight. Flight, sir. What's a typical day like for you on a modeling job? Like in my head, I'm like, oh, models probably don't have to work that hard. Like, don't tell me you're tired or you're stressed. All you have to do man, is stand I'm, in front of a camera. Man, I've seen them get changed into like 100 outfits for lookbooks. That's exhausting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Laura, you tell us. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, campaigns and, eat, like, the modelling is, like, it's like any career. Like, you can be at the bottom of the food chain mm. and you can be at the top of the food chain. I can tell you right now, if you're a celebrity model, you are not getting treated the way I'm getting treated. Mm. Like, yeah, it could be glamorous if you are a huge name and you are the face of the campaign and you, you know, yeah, it's something that might be difficult because you're having to pose and, mm. you know, look beautiful. But <laughs> there has been times where I've worked e-com, which is where you basically are in the studio and you take photos front, side and back for a garment to be put online. Um, I think the most I did in one day was 170 outfits. Gee, bullshit. That's crazy. And I remember I had to pay for my own lunch, which, like, fine. I guess, like, I don't know. I, I get I get uneasy talking about because everyone would be like, you know, like, everyone pays for their lunch. But I guess, uh, you know, we're groomed to be told that, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful life and they should pay for our lunch. But, um, sorry, maybe edit that out because. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like 100, 170 outfits. And that was, I remember standing there. In this one pair of jeans and just like ripping off a sweater, pass it, ripping off a sweater, yeah. passing it, and just like having. And then I remember that same client complained to my agency that I didn't have enough poses. Oh, really? Yeah. Out of all those and outfits. 
And it's like, how do you have 178 poses? Like, it was just like, I remember saying, my agent called me and told me, I was like, that's fine. I don't want to work, work with them again. again. Yeah, no, no way. What change? I know, right? Um, what changes would you like to see in the modeling industry? You've obviously been in the industry for a while. What would you like to see change? Um, what would I like to see changed? Catering. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think, well, first of all, there's no union. There's no union um, covering illegal practices. Um, mm-hmm. So what do you mean by illegal practices? Like, you know, sex, inappropriate behaviour on sets, mm-hmm. um, you know, any sort of crossing the line of sexual abuse. There is no one you can go to, like, work cover as a model. I didn't um, know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So even actors have cover. We have nothing, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So I think I'd like to see more of that. Yes, more protection, more yep. knowing that if you're going into a photo shoot, that if something, God forbid, happens that may affect you negatively in any way, minor, major, doesn't matter, that you are protected in some way. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yep. Well, especially when you're sometimes half naked on set. Exactly. Like, yeah, you definitely want that. Yeah. When, yeah. when does a model know that their career is coming to an end? Me every second day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Um, I'm old. I'm 23. You're like, I've had enough. I think I've said it to the both of you multiple times. Like, I'm going to start this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get a job here. Um, the peaks and flows definitely be- becomes tolling on you mentally. When, you know, when I started 17, 18, I was making incredible money. And then I thought that was going to last forever until I got super bad acne. and. I realised that my money just stopped because my appearance wasn't up to the standard of what the industry expected. Um, I thought, and I, I pretty much took time off modelling. I probably worked once or twice a month. Um, so you can imagine my expenses in Los Angeles for only working once or twice a month. Um, and I yeah, stopped and then, hilari- not hilariously, but then, you know, my, my, my skin got better, my confidence came back and I've worked more than ever. But definitely I remember, I still have it saved on my laptop, I um, had to do a video resume for a a Mexican restaurant in Sydney um, and I was sending resumes to anyone that would take them. Um, Actually, no one hired me now. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get a call back. (laughs) But um, I've multiple times decided that it was no longer for me. However, what keeps me in it, it, it keeps me in is seeing that the industry is changing, seeing that, like, I have met some of the most beautiful girlfriends. I mean, I've met both of you through the industry, mm. um, girlfriends, boyfriends, um, friends. I've met the most incredible creatives that have now kept me motivated to stay in the industry because I see them, whether it be stylists, makeup artists, designers, wanting more for the industry and that keeps me motivated to want to work for these companies and brands because they believe in what I believe in and honestly it's it's I love meeting I work I rock up to work you know three four times a week and I'll see a different face every day mm-hmm. and I just love like ask getting to know them my favorite thing is chatting to the makeup artist and yeah, like fun. talking about yeah and, and getting to know them mm-hmm. um but I think a model will find her transition when she realises that she's no longer happy. It yeah. may take a while and you eventually progress into loving something more. I yeah. love modelling but I love a lot. I love like other things a lot more. My mum always said she'll support me while I'm happy, healthy. Oh, happy I love healthy. that. I love that. And, and I wasn't happy and healthy for, for a while um, in it and I came home. I flew home from LA um, and I walked my dog. And I found some, you know, I, I signed up to an online course just to stimulate me because I knew at the time that modelling was no longer serving me in a healthy, positive way and I needed something that would reassure me that my worth wasn't coming from the industry. Mm. Um, and I think the best thing to happen to me, honestly, was getting acne and stopping modelling for a while because it made me realise what do I really love in life. Um, and I love people and I love 
so many things and that's why my modeling career will keep going because I don't place my my complete success my complete worth in the industry yeah would you um want your daughter to be a model no no okay really interesting why do you say that Dewey um I don't know. I think I set a standard for myself as a young girl and I don't like that standard I set for myself. Mm. Um, I want to teach my daughter that it's, it's, you know, if you're born beautiful, that's cool, but that's not what matters because I think it's like your beauty. I know so many people that are so freaking beautiful. Mm. Um, but it's who they are as a person that makes them so beautiful. Um, and I think I was taught for a very long time that beauty is so important. You know, I look at another woman, another model for a very long time. And I thought that, you know, her beauty meant that meant that I was less successful because if she was booking a job and she was making more money than I was, mm. it meant that I was less beautiful. It meant I was less successful. And I, for a very long time, saw women as competition. And I didn't like how that seeped into all areas of my life between friendships, relationships, career, even monetary. I look at another Mm. woman at a job and be like, she's probably earning more because she's more beautiful. And I don't think that's a healthy or a happy way to be. And I think my daughter, oh, my God, she's going to be a hern for one day. (laughs) Good luck. But Yeah, good luck. But I think my daughter, I'm going to encourage her no matter what she wants to do. She'll stabble on it. That's fine. But I want to introduce her and make sure she knows that there's some really cool options. And it's, you know, with social media, being being an influencer, being a model is almost like a hierarchy system. It's like Mm. that's just not the reality. Yeah. I have a question. You just spoke with a lot of wisdom about comparing yourself. How did you shift that comparison? Like anyone who is struggling and still compares themselves to women out now in the street now, what can they do to stop comparing themselves? I think everyone compares themselves. So I'd like to know this answer too. Totally, totally. Um, I, 99% of the time, I'm really mm. good. Mm. I went through an 18-month period when I had the bad skin that I would compare myself to everyone and I mm. found it very difficult. I was constantly deleting my Instagram app because I knew that that didn't serve me purpose. Um. Honestly, the mantra of stay in your own fucking lane. Like, yeah. I love that. Truly. But, like, I have stayed in my own lane this year and I'm more successful than ever because I've stayed true to myself and being like, that's awesome that she's being successful. That's actually not more than awesome. That's, like, fucking cool. Her success doesn't mean mm. I'm a failure. And if I stay in my lane and I stay with my head up and I'm confident in myself that I am worthy of being here, that I'm worthy of every job that I'm receiving, mm-hmm. those jobs will continue to come because I know that I deserve to be in that spot. But if I'm too busy looking at every other girl and put it this way, you're one girl. Mm. And if you follow a hundred models and a hundred models are working around you, you're just only seeing success. And if you're not working, it is just like everyone's working but me and yeah. you become a victim to your own negative thoughts, which isn't true. And I think comparison to me is knowing that I have been that girl where people have told me I'm killing it, but deep down mm. I'm very sad. Mm. I'm extremely happy now because I've realised this, but I'm someone that seeks out seeks out voice of reason when I need it. I know that when I'm being sad, I speak to both of you. I speak to Mm. girlfriends. I speak to my mum. And I just learned that I've been that sad girl. So when I look at someone and I want to be her, Mm. it's no justice to my life that I've been given because she seems like she's having a better time on Instagram. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. We say that all the time. It's one of our mantras. You just talked about how you deleted social media, um, Instagram every now and then when you're feeling flat. What's your relationship like with social media? Now. The biggest compliment I I continue to receive is you are like you are on social media. You are actually. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, Social media to me, I struggle 
when a company who I like is offering me money to do a post for them and I have to post for them because I struggle to, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I hate disappointing, you know, clients or someone that wants me to represent their brand because that's mm. a compliment in itself. But I, I really struggle because sometimes I don't think I'm being authentic and I truly believe in authenticity. Mm-hmm. That's it, authenticity. Um, and I think sometimes in the past I've lost myself in just wanting to, you know, in, in the financial, in, in the monetary success that I was getting through mm. paid posts. And I just didn't think it was me anymore. And if you follow someone and they're promoting too many products, it's like where, where do you draw a line of, mm. you know, you, you're just basically following a, a, an old catalogue from mm. BW, you know. I have several questions around Instagram for you, Dewey. So sit back. You know what Sarah's like on social media, <laughs> Trey? Um, I, when we first met you, what, you were 19, and now you have such huge success with a following, how did that happen so quickly, do you think? Oh, fuck knows. I don't know. Like it was like, it was like sitting on 30, 40K for like honestly two years and then I think I just got more. Can I just say I, two things? Yeah. Is that do you? I'll give you maybe a couple of options. Do you yeah. think because you you've got some pretty cool friends with some big followings? Is it them or is it maybe you've posted a few bikini photos and oh. there's lots of dudes? I've no because I'm quite proud for my ratio being fifty fifty. Well, that is it. We were going to ask you what wow. your ratio was. Yeah. I, that's good. I, I'd be surprised if someone was to describe my social media profile in three questions, if one of them would be, the words would be like sexual because I don't think I'm particularly sexual. Yeah. I mean, here and there I'll post something you're like, oh, girl, like. Yeah, I don't think you're sexual. No, no. And I'm and so I, I, I don't think it's me being sexy or posting things for male attention. Um, be a classy woman, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um my friends, for sure, like anyone that has followed me for a long time knows that I have friends with a big following. But if I ask them, hey, guys, like have I ever asked you to post yeah. me yeah. in order to get your followers, just- they'd probably laugh at me and be like, no, what are you talking about? Mm. Um, I think I got lucky with finding beautiful girlfriends that had followings and I guess guys too, um, and they liked me. Um, I didn't try for them to like me. We just got along because we were all just having <laughs> some fun. And I know um, a big one that when I look back on um, the progression of my following would be music festivals. I love, yeah. you both know, yes. and I love music festivals. And when I go to music festivals, we spam the shit out of our social media, not even because yes. we're told to, just because we are having so much fun. We are smart to, you know, organise with companies prior to send us outfits so when, you know, because they want to see their outfits being worn. Yeah, of course, and then regram. We're upsetting on social media and regram, you know, it's marketing for them. So we'll organise the outfits prior and go to these events and there'll be videos of us dancing, photos of us, you know, posing in these beautiful settings in the most happy, euphoric atmosphere. Mm. And I think that always just to gain traction um, on social media. I'd always come away from a, um, a festival gaining following um, through that. But that by no means, you know, were we not enjoying ourselves at the music festival, not enjoying live music because we're too busy taking photos. Mm. It was just so organic. Um, So, yeah, my following definitely comes from experiences and I think being seen with girls with experience. But, like, fuck, that would also mean that I'm putting myself down that, like, my success wasn't created because of my own success. Mm, mm. And I, I do believe that, you know, my success is because I stayed in my own lane I, I created content that was worthy of seeing like or, or I don't know people could unfollow me and be like your content shit like I don't know I'd like to think that people enjoy watching what I do because I don't post things that I think are ever kind of offensive in a way that might make, like might make people be like oh I'm not gonna follow you mm. anymore um but it's, it's as I've gotten older and I've I've been more protective of my brand. I think it's really important. Um, meaning, you know, I, I want, who I work for and who I choose to promote 
is almost bubble wrapped mm-hmm. and it, it makes sure I, it's a representation of who I am. Um, yeah, so I'm not promoting anything that I don't believe. Or, yeah. I think yeah. from like coming like from an outsider and an observation, obviously like Sarah said, we met you when you were like 19. I think you've just like really grown into yourself and you can see through your Instagram, your confidence, you really know who you are and it's exactly what you are talking yeah. about before. And I think that's why. You're authentic. Exactly. I the think no that's bullshit. why a lot of people probably do follow you because they can see that because you can see someone's Instagram be mm. like, they're BS, they're bullshit. There's no shit about you. So how much value do you hold on likes and followers? Obviously likes being when you could see them and then followers. Do you get um, pissed off when you lose followers? Yeah. Oh, let's be 100% real here, like complete facts. When corona hit, I lost so many followers. Bullshit. And I had the audacity to take it personally. Yeah. I mean, we all have. I've heard you take it personally. I've taken it personally before. We'd be lying yeah, but- if we didn't. But then my second part of being like the audacity to think it was about me or the audacity to think, you know, why people follow me, like, and unfollowing me, like, how dare I, like, you know, spend time worrying about that when everyone's business is their own business. Like, fuck, like, Mm. I unfollow people all the time. And, Mm. like, my my reasoning varies from, oh, I haven't seen them in a while and I feel like we're not relevant to you make me feel bad about You're myself. Triggering, yeah, which is understandable, yeah. You even just admitted it out of the podcast that yeah. you had to mute me because, they, you know, like <laughs> I'm not saying everyone that unfollows me is jealous. That is <laughs> what I'm saying. But what I'm, I'm saying is the multitude of reasons that people may unfollow me, I've had dudes re-follow me years later that I've known from my past be like, yeah. hey, I had to unfollow you because my girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. But there probably are people that are like, Laura, I really don't care about you posing in an outfit, I'm yeah. saying I'm going to unfollow you. Yeah. The audacity that I would ever have to be offended is just kind of, I have to laugh at myself. Yeah. It's easy to say that now. At the time, I could be like, holy shit, like yeah. what's going on? Like, what I'm did I do? Like, what did I do? No, no, no. It's not that. But yes, I definitely, but I think it's taken this year of what the fuck was 2020 to be like, how dare you take it personally? Mm. Because this year has just been everyone has had struggles at some point. I remember in Corona or like during the, the lockdown, you know, we're still in Corona. Oh my gosh, I can't pretend like it's not over. Um, during the lockdown period and feeling like, you know, I'm someone that loves people and loves energy and loves and draws my energy from people around me and being forced to go back to, you know, my parents' house. I'm very lucky to have my parents that I could go, go back to. But it was difficult. Like I had been taken off, stripped of my independence and, and, and I would find myself really sad but then I would catch myself being like, how dare I be sad mm. when there are people that are struggling? And whenever you have anxiety, I think the best, 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 you know, resolution to anxiety is asking someone how they're doing, asking a friend, a family, you know, anyone who it may be, how are you doing? Because the moment you get out of your head, out of your anxiety and start yeah. caring about someone else's problems, you immediately just like feel lifted off your own because you realise we're all together so true. Oh, so true. This. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually so true though you're doing I love you so much and you still blow my mind I'm sitting here I'm like I know, you're like 23 I'm like 23 how? how do you have this so like, this wisdom at the, that age like blows my mind I think it's also you're so independent like obviously leaving Australia at 17 you're just like I don't know you're crazy you blow my mind every time <laughs> I do have one more question about Instagram do you ever get trolled? Um, yeah, yeah. Do you? Um, I mean, I have a lot of fake profiles and I get so often people like will send me like Tinder accounts and that makes me nervous because I'm like I really, oh you know yeah. What? This theory got brought up to me the other week and I was like, holy shit. There's a Tinder. They used the name Laura and they used my images. They said I was from Melbourne. But um, imagine a dude. Yeah. Girl, you know, easy way, but chatting to Laura, you know, oh my God, stop. Laura, no, 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 but imagine chatting for two or three weeks then following me on Instagram and <gasps> actually thinking it was you and I talking. Imagine if they ever saw me out and they came up to me. Or imagine if this said Laura troll account was like, you know, let's be in an online relationship. Or yeah, like, that's I have scary. A I, have a, I have a boyfriend right now. Mm. But, like, if there is someone out there thinking they're dating me or even talking to me, like, I have to protect my own relationship, you know. And yeah. So that's something that I'm, I'm 
I'm very aware of. I usually take the piss and put it on my social media. I'm like, guys. I've seen you do that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, because it happens quite a bit. Um, The trolls that I get are. From females? No. Some people like to call me out on my own bullshit. Like, for example, I'm a huge, huge fan of the fence brand. Um, And I did, I signed up to. No plastic July with mm-hmm. them. There was a fuck plastic campaign. And I did. I for the month of July, you know, stopped out, keep cups, all my drink bottles when I went to the supermarket, yada yada. Did all that. Really super like passionate about it, which I need to still improve on that. That's something I could get better about all the yeah. time. Um, but then we went camping, you know, mid-August, early September, I can't remember, out of, you know, July fuck plastic month. And um there was a plastic glass. Um, it was like a, it was a reuse. To be fair, it was a reusable camping glass um, that were used to make mimosas. Um, and I had like three or four people commenting, like, "What happened to fuck plastic?" And I was like, uh, "Oh my god, I'm trying my best here." And like, eh, eh, yeah, I'm just I'm just aware of you know not being an absolute wanker and like saying you know I'm a huge advocate for environmental you know causes because I want to be and I believe in them and I want to do better and know that I can do better but I just know that right now I have so much to improve before I become the face of you know a campaign that I know that I'm still working on and I'm okay to admit that I'm still working on those things um but yes I do have to be aware of not being a fraud (laughs) (laughs) you're not a fraud um, is there anything else about social media you want to know? About? I just one thing I want to. It's like social media, mental health. What do you do? Well, not social media, but what do you? Is there anything you do for your mental health? Yeah, mute people. My mute. Yeah, mute hearts. people. Yes. Fuck them. Like put them on mute. If they do yeah. not make you happy for any reason, any 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 reason, you just mute them or unfollow them. For me, it's a bit difficult because a lot of the girls that I mute are people that at the time, you know. I don't know. It was there's definitely people that I muted back in the day. Now I've probably, in hindsight, as I'm having this conversation, could I mute them now because I'm more confident in myself? Um, but there are some girls that just don't make me feel good about myself. Not even yeah. in a career sense. Just like I have bad days with my body, and I have bad days, you know. And sometimes it doesn't feel good to, you know, first thing you see is that, and everyone, you know, does compare themselves. And I and I said it before, 99% of the time, I love myself I think mm. I'm a fucking catch but yes girl <laughs> yes girl <laughs> but there is a time where you know I I do I get I get down upon myself yeah. because I am still a 23 year old female I think you know you can be a 50 year old woman yeah I and, agree oh I, I fucking sometimes want to wrap, wrap my mum up and just tell her how beautiful she is because she's you know mums mm. still struggle with that and it's it's something that i I cannot wait to, when I'm ready, have a daughter and just try and set that standard so high mm. of just loving yourself, you know? Yeah. Well, we think you're a bloody catch, so. Yeah. Thank you. Thank now, you. we're going to, I think, are we going to play that game? Yeah. Uh, we've got two games today. Usually we only play one but game, but we've got two. Yes, so we've got two games. <laughs> and they're Sarah's game. So uh, do you think you should start with the food one? Or the no, other one? No, let's start with the other one. Okay. Because I was just like, on my laptop today and I was like, oh, I'll just try and find some information that I don't know about Dewey, but I'm pretty sure I know everything. Yeah. So I typed in your name and the little, the little drop-down thing. I was like, this is a game we can play with Laura. So they show, essentially Sarah's typed in your name in Google and, and then, then you know when it comes down below and it's like, is she single? You know, yeah, all, all things. those things. Yeah. So she's going to say the top. So these were the top one, two, three, four, oh, yeah. five. five. Yeah. Okay, go. Google from Laura Dewitt. And you yeah. just have to answer them. So right, let's do this. Laura Dewitt, age. 23, 21st September, 1997. Yo, Ooh-hoo. girl. Laura Hi. Dewitt, height. 176 centimetres. Perfect. That's tall. That is tall. We know she's tall. Well, Laura Dewitt, birthday. You just told us that. Yeah. Laura Dewitt. Laura Dewitt, boyfriend. Ben Wicker. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. And I, the final one, red. Laura <laughs> Dewitt Instagram. Yeah, what's your handle? At Laura Dewitt. Perfect. And my emoji, my just, um, display picture, profile picture, I'm wearing a cowgirl hat. Cowgirl hat. I love that I said cowgirl. Not cowgirl. You did. 
yeah, yeah, yeah that's cute. Yeah, and then, okay, so now Sarah's food game, which we always end on because Sarah freaking loves this show. I don't even think we've played this game with you before. Oh, God, I was just thinking maybe we have, Dewey. Maybe we haven't been bored around Dewey. We play this when we're bored. Okay, go. We on. usually have tequilas around Dewey. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> See you in 2025, babe. Um, so Tal and I play this game, always re- revolves around food. Your final meal, entree, main dessert, throw in a cocktail because that's Tal's favourite thing. Meal. Yeah, so you have to add a cocktail. So, so entree, main dessert, cocktail. Yeah. Okay, so I am a vegetarian, so that makes things a little how you're going. Um, but as an entree, oh, arancini balls. I love arancini balls. Really? Perfect. Yeah, no. stunning with a nice little aioli. Mm, yep, talk to me. Then I would probably go, I love a good, actually I'm thinking about where I'm going tonight and it's called Pocket Pizza, a little plug um, in Manly. Mm -hmm. And um, they do a kale and truffle oil pizza. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, you're speaking my language. Is the kale crispy or like, oh, yum. And there's mushrooms on it. So it's like mushroom kale with a truffle oil. Honestly, I'm talking about it now. I'm salivating. Um, Yum, stunning. Um, And then my dessert would be a sticky date pudding with like a thick, creamy, um, like the sauce, the sticky date sauce with like a big dollop of ice cream. Yum. And then for cocktail, I mean, I usually like will have like, because we all know that I love a good drink. Um, I'd have a spicy mug always and then a glass of Pinot Noir because my parents um, love red wine and introduced me very young. Shame on you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say I wouldn't be mad if I shared that last meal with you because I'm like tick, 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 tick. Yeah, that's very meal actually. I'll take a spicy mug. 100%. I'm jealous that you're going out for dinner tonight. What I would do to go out to a restaurant for dinner. Um, my soon. Well, it was such a pleasure talking to you and seeing your face. It was so good. Oh, I love you guys. Bloody love you. <laughs> and honestly, you are such a wise young lady um, and we love you. Love you, Julie. I love you guys. And love we you. will see you very soon. Happy Ciao. Wednesday, guys. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.